We've been in a series called All In, but more importantly, it's the theme of our year. And uh, today I want to teach about three all-in moments that every person needs to experience. And um, I'm going to specifically talk today about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and what that is and how you can experience it. And I want to encourage you, um, even as I begin to share, I don't know what your background is. Maybe you've never even heard that phrase, so it doesn't bother you. But maybe you come from a denominational background or a background where the Holy Spirit wasn't talked about a lot. And as soon as I say that, you, you might get a little nervous or, man, what is that going to mean? And uh, what's going to happen at the end of this service? Um, I just want you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit, what God has for you. Tonight at our 6 p.m. service at Silverado High School, we will have a special time of ministry for anyone who uh, wants ministry and wants to receive the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna, um, we're gonna do that tonight. This morning, I'm just gonna teach, but tonight, if you would like to receive ministry, that's gonna happen um, tonight. Let me tell you kind of how this all happened and then we'll pray. Uh, I was at lunch with a couple of friends and one of my buddies looked at me, he's in our church, and he goes, hey, I was online watching you preach, and you were talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I said, yeah, and he goes, I don't have that. And I said, check, please. No, I, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. And he goes, why don't we talk about that more? And I go, I don't know. I, I don't know why we don't. And he goes, well, I need that. If it's in the Bible, you talked about it, I need that. And he goes, I am not baptized with the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, dang, we're going to fix that. And so, uh, so I said, we need to do a better job. So here's, here's what that means for us. Number one, we've always made a commitment that our Sundays are an absolute safe place for you to bring unbelievers. Uh, this will never be a charismatic circus where we just kind of get lost in God's presence and your unbelieving friends are looking at you like, what in the world is going on? We're always gonna be committed to seeing people saved on Sundays. But... We are trying to think of, and, I, and pray for me because I'm praying. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, how do we offer more ministry for people who want to receive from God? And I think what we're gonna do is designate some Sunday nights throughout the year, probably six, maybe 10 Sunday nights throughout the year where people can receive specific ministry for the Holy Spirit and, and to, to receive that. So that's starting tonight. We, I probably need a name or something or a graphic, but we don't have any of that because I'm, making this up as I go, because, amen, because that's how I roll, because I'm a professional. So tonight, we'll have service, and then at the end of service, we'll dismiss anyone who needs to leave, and then we're going to have a beautiful moment of ministry for anyone who wants to do that. We're going to be doing more of that, and um, uh, and I'm really excited about it. Can I get an amen from somebody, y'all? Y'all with me? So so we're going to talk about this. I want I want to ask you to open your heart with me as we pray. And um, here's the cool thing about when you talk about the Holy Spirit. A lot of people go, well, you talk about that, it's going to be emotionalism, or you talk about that, and uh, someone told me that, you know, I could, it, it, it could just be, you know, my thoughts or emotions or whatever. Here's the cool thing. Jesus said this in Luke 11. He said, if you ask for bread, the Father doesn't give you a stone. If you ask for fish, he doesn't give you a snake. And if you ask for the Holy Spirit you're going to get the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we don't ask for the Holy Spirit and get emotionalism. We get the Holy Spirit. You don't ask for the Holy Spirit and get a demon. You get the Holy Spirit because we have a good Father who wants to give good gifts 
So let's just open our heart to it. Amen. Amen. Father, now as we go to your word, we pray and speak. Our hearts are open and we want everything that you have for us. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. So in scripture, there are three all-in moments that you must experience. There are three baptisms that every believer needs to experience or every person needs to experience. Um, and I want to break those down. I'm going to, number one and two are going to be real quick, and then I'm going to obviously focus on number three. Hebrews chapter six, by the way, talks about the doctrine of baptisms, plural. And so there is not just one baptism, but there are baptisms that a person must go through. Three different experiences. They happen at different times, and they do different things. This is just important for you to understand. So let's talk about your first baptism. It is personal, and it is when you are baptized into the body of Christ. When you get saved, this is super cool. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus. Yo, okay. Remember when Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, I'm praying they would be one as we are one. Well, that happens at salvation. Okay, so here's, here's the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. That's Jesus. The moment you get saved, you get brothers and sisters in Christ. The moment you get saved, God becomes your father. The moment you get saved, you are baptized, immersed into the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, anyone who's in my hand will never be taken out. Amen. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Your salvation is not fragile. I am hidden in Jesus. Wow. The book of Proverbs says, the righteous run into the name of the Lord and they are safe. I am in the name of Jesus. I am clothed in Christ. I am one with God. As much as my daughter Goldie is a part of me, I am now a part of God because the Holy Spirit baptized me into Jesus. Galatians chapter three, verse 26. I'm gonna teach today. I'm gonna take y'all to Bible school, okay? I've been preaching for two years, so I'm gonna calm down a little bit. Hey, man, we're two years old. I've been preaching hard for two years. Let me just teach a little bit. It took two years for me to calm down, but here we go. For, all, for you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ. For as many of you were baptized into Christ have been put, have put on Christ. So I'm in Christ. Christ is upon me in the same way that this All Saints jersey is on me. Christ is on me. I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. When the Father sees me, he doesn't see me. He sees Jesus. Oh, this is good. So what happens when I receive this baptism? Number one, I become a child of God. John chapter one says, anyone who would believe on him would receive power to become the sons of God. Romans eight says that we have been adopted by God. Jesus is our co-heir. We are co-heirs with Christ and we are heirs of God. I love that idea that God adopts us. I remember a friend in, in school who was adopted and all of his other friends would make fun of him uh, for being adopted. And he finally looked at him one day and he said, I don't know why y'all are making fun of me. Your parents had to keep you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He said, my parents chose me. 
Can I tell you right now, God chose you. God didn't have to have you. He adopted you. He loves you. You weren't a, oops, I guess we got to keep him or her. He adopts us. We become heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. I've been baptized into the body of Christ. I'm a child of God. John chapter 3, now we are also born again. Born again. Nicodemus goes to Jesus. He goes, I can tell you're a teacher sent from God. Jesus says, don't, don't try to gas me up right now. Unless you're born again, you won't go to heaven. And Nicodemus goes, so do I go back in my mother's womb? And Jesus said, no, man, you got to think different. You must be born of the Spirit. So that first time I was born, I was born into Adam, Romans 6. That first time I was born, I was born into sin. I have proclivities. I have weaknesses. I have bents. I have curses that have taken on from generational line. I've got all this junk in my trunk that I was born into. I didn't even want it. I was just born into it. But the second birth, I've been now born again, and I've been born into righteousness. I've been born into freedom. I've been, all of that stuff is broken, and the Bible says that Jesus hung on the cross, Galatians 3, and was cursed for us on the cross that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. When I get saved, the curse is broken. I've been born again. When I get, when, when when I say saved, I'm talking about I've been born again. That's such a more powerful phrase than I'm a Christian. You're a Christian? I'm a Christian. We should start walking around going, I'm a born again. It's a little radical. Okay, maybe not, but it's awesome. How about this? When I get saved, when I've been received that first baptism, that first baptism, I'm saved from judgment, accepted by God. Heaven is my eternal home. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's your first baptism. It is personal. But number two, you must have a public baptism. That's the baptism in water, baptized in water. Um, Who's ever been water baptized or seen it? You've at least seen it. Can I see your hand? Okay. First of all, I think we should take a moment and celebrate. Last Sunday, 32 people were water baptized. Come on, let's celebrate that. Oh, come on, if you want to clap, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Praise God. Water baptism is, I call it, the wedding band of Christianity. It's that moment that, yes, I've had a very personal encounter with Christ, but I want the whole world to know. On Friday, a couple in our church, Jacob and Shante, they got married on Friday, and then yesterday, uh, and congratulations, you're right here. Um, and then yesterday, I did a wedding in the OC for Michael and Raquel. They just got married. And you know, if, if either of them talked to me before the wedding, and, and you know, maybe Shante says, hey, so Jabin, I want to marry Jacob. We want to get married, but we just don't want anyone to know. No photos, no rings, no ceremonies. We're not going to tell our family or friends. It's just a personal commitment. I'm going to tell Jacob to run. <laughs> Amen, everybody, because you better go public. <laughs> and a lot of people are going, I have a personal relationship with Christ. That's awesome. But you got to go public with it. It's the wedding band. It's the day. If you think about baptism, it's the day that I tell the whole world, I've died to my old life. I've been raised into new life. Romans 6, 3. Don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
That's that moment. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. When I'm water baptized, I'm I'm dying as Christ died. I'm being raised as Christ was raised. I'm dying to my old life. I'm being raised into new life. And I'm letting the world know that. It's already happened, but I'm letting the world know that. The same way that you, go to, you might go to the courthouse and get all the legal stuff and it's done, but then you have the ceremony to let the world know. Acts twenty two sixteen. what are you waiting for? Ooh, I wanna ask somebody that. Well, I'm like, if I get water baptized, am I gonna have to get wet? Yeah, it's water baptism, yeah. What are you waiting for? I don't know if I'm ready. You're not, just do it. Now, what are you waiting for? Is my makeup gonna run? Well, Wipe it off before you get in. What are you waiting for? Is my hair gonna get messed up? Probably. What are you waiting for? Can I wear a swimmer's cap? Sure. What are you waiting for? Do, do it. Get up and be baptized. <laughs> this is what a preacher said in Acts 22. Baptism doesn't save me, but it is the public declaration that I've been saved. And I would I would challenge anyone who would go, well, I'm saved, I don't need to be baptized. I would just challenge you and go, dog, I think you're missing it. Um, I'm not saying you're not saved, but I'm questioning why you wouldn't want to publicly declare your faith. Amen. Okay, what happens when I receive this baptism? Let me answer this. Number one, I publicly declare Jesus is Lord. I'm letting the world know. Number two, I'm taking my first step of obedience as a disciple of Jesus. See, you can be a Christian, but it's different to be a disciple. I'm saved by grace. I'm discipled by faith. Whoa, preacher. Let's say that one again. I'm saved by grace. Can't earn it, can't deserve it, can't do anything. It's by grace. But I'm discipled by faith. I take my first step in obedience. Jesus said, go therefore, John, uh, excuse me, Matthew 28, make disciples, baptizing them. How do I make a disciple? By teaching and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When I'm water baptized, I leave casual Christianity and I choose to become a fully devoted, heartfelt follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we'll have our next baptism in a couple of weeks, and I want to encourage you to be baptized. We're going to wait till it warms up a little bit because last week people got out of that warm baptism water and had icicles within three seconds. So we're going to wait till March, but amen. All right, number of church planner. We got to do it where we can do it. Amen, okay. But by the way, we don't baptize because it serves us. We don't charge you to be baptized. You're not baptized into City Light Church. You can go back get baptized tonight. If you got a hot tub, go hop in that thing tonight. Find a friend and they'll baptize. See, when I'm saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes me into Jesus. When I'm water baptized, a disciple baptizes me in water. All right, so now let's get to number three. You gotta go personal, you gotta go public. Now you need to go power, baptized in the Holy Spirit. This happens when Jesus himself, I'm gonna show it to you in a second, when Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. 
okay? John 20, Jesus has just been raised from the dead. The disciples are hiding in fear in the upper room because they did not believe that Jesus was gonna die. Every time Jesus would talk about his death, they would, they would literally rebuke him. They didn't believe, they could not believe that he was actually gonna die. So then when he dies, they all freak out. Now Jesus specifically said, y'all, I'm gonna die. And in three days, I'm gonna come back. And they're like, you crazy, Jesus. And then he died and they're like, he died and he never told us he's gonna die. So now they're all in a room hiding. They're not praying, they're hiding. They're not in faith, they're in fear. They're freaking out. And all of a sudden, boom, Jesus just shows up in the room. Glorified body, didn't even walk through the door, just walked through the wall like, yo, what's up, that's me. And he goes, feel my wounds. And they see his wounds, they see his side, they see his feet, they see his hands, and they believe. And they go, my Lord and my God. This is the disciples' new birth moment. This is that moment now under the new covenant. Yes, their names were already written in the book of life. Yes, they were already disciples of Jesus. But this is now under the new covenant where they go, oh, you are for real. This is like real. You're not just a water walker. You're not just, you, you're the Messiah. You're not just a prophet who does miracles. You are the Messiah. Okay, you gotta catch this because they had seen miracles or had at least heard of them through Elijah and Moses and Jesus is now with the resurrection is going, I'm not just a prophet. I am the Christ. And they finally go, okay, you're it. Here's what Jesus says in response. He says, peace be unto you. And when he says that, what he's doing is he's speaking salvation into them. He's speaking, he's speaking shalom into you. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything that I have is now yours. And then he does this, John 20, verse 22. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, they're filled with the Spirit. They're saved. They receive their first baptism. Okay. A lot of you would say, well, see, Jabin, they received the Holy Spirit. They're, they've got everything they need. And I would agree with you, except that we now have the book of Acts. So now about 40 days after that, Jesus says this, Acts 1. Now, they're saved and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. We, are we tracking so far? Okay. Now, being assembled together with them, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Imagine John going, oh no, Jesus, actually, we already received the Holy Spirit when you breathed on us. Jesus, your theology's messed up. I'm, I already have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's what a lot of people believe. So a lot of your denominations have taught you. Hey, you're saved. You have everything you need. You do for salvation. You're saved. See, when, the, when, when I get baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's not that I become a super Christian or I become better than you. When I receive the Holy Spirit and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I become better than me. I'm saved, but my flesh doesn't know it's saved. My earth suit is angry and it lusts and it has bad attitudes and it has pride and it has arrogance and it has sarcasm and, it, and my earth suit needs the spirit of God to come upon it. 
at least mine, maybe not yours. No, you're not saying amen, but I, mine does, okay? Amen. Therefore, when you come together asking, Lord, now, now, then they get all caught up in, well, Lord, when are you coming back? And when's the kingdom being established? And tell us about end time theology and how's this all gonna work? And when's Rome gonna, and he goes, stop all that. Uh, go, go now to chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter one, verse eight. He goes, stop talking about all that stuff. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He goes, don't get caught up in end time theology and doctrine. You need the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can receive boldness to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. By the way, the ends of the earth, the furthest point from Jerusalem is Wellington, New Zealand. And I preach there. So I'm just doing my part to obey the scripture. If you haven't done that yet, you need to get on a plane and grab a sign and go to the streets of Wellington. And Okay, I didn't do that. I preached at a church. But anyway, it's pretty cool. See, when I get saved, can I see that bottle of water again? No, it's that full one, the full one. <laughs> it doesn't really work if it's empty. I mean, for my illustration, it doesn't. She wasn't in here, so she didn't see it. Uh, this, this bottle's full of water. When I get saved, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm Ephesians 2, sealed with the Spirit. I'm 1 Corinthians 6, I become the temple of the Holy Spirit. I and Jesus are one. I'm clothed in the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit. He breathes on me in salvation. I'm filled with the Spirit. But the Spirit of God is inside, but I also need the Spirit of God on the outside. So now if I take this bottle and I throw it in Lake Mead, now there's not only water on the inside, there's water on the outside. You're, you're, you're saved and you're sealed and you're filled with the Spirit, but you need the Spirit of God to come upon you. Jesus says, guys, you have the Holy Spirit, you're saved, but now wait for the promise of the Father for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's different, it's too different. And, and you go, well, um, that same logic of people going, well, I already, have, I already have the Holy Spirit. He's on the inside of me. That's like saying, well, I don't need to be water baptized because 70% of me is water. I already have water in me. <laughs> I drank a bottle this morning. I don't need to be water baptized. No, I understand that. But you, but <laughs> am I, are you tracking with me? I know, I know you have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you're less than. I'm just saying now you need the Spirit of God to come upon you. In the same way that the Holy Spirit immerses you in Christ, in the same way that a disciple immerses you in water, you now need Jesus to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. This is a second experience, and it's totally different. And it's not about heaven. It's not that you're not gonna go to heaven if you don't have this. The baptism in the Spirit is for earth. The Apostle Paul actually said in 1 Corinthians 13, all this will cease when we go to heaven. Tongues, prophecy, all that's gonna cease. You don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in heaven. You're in heaven. You need it now. Okay. I got so much to say that I'm tripping. Let me tell you what happened now through the book of Acts. Revivals would break out. Churches would grow. And the apostles would literally have to go to these cities where there's revival breaking out. And they would actually go behind the missionaries and make sure, have they received, number one, water baptism? And have they received the spirit baptism? 
It would be like them coming to City Light going, man, we've heard about this tremendous growth in Vegas. Wow, 1,400 people on the weekends. Wow, uh, thousands of people calling City Light their home church. Wow, all this growth. Wow, God's really moving. Now, are people baptized with the Holy Spirit? And the apostles would actually come help me, the pastor, and say, Jabin, now your people, are they filled with the Spirit? Are they water baptized? Now, here's some experiences. that This happens, by the way, in Acts 8, happens in Acts 10, happens in Acts 19. We'll just look at Acts 8. Now, the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard about Samaria. They heard about the awesome things happening in Vegas. They heard about City Light Church. They heard about the growth. They heard about how we received the word of God, so they sent Peter and John to them to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For... He, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. That's old King James for he had not fallen on them yet. He, they had not had that encounter, that second encounter. They received the word, but they had not yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's water baptism. So they were saved, water baptized, but had not yet been empowered by the Holy Spirit. So they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon, Simon is a magician, a sorcerer who was in that region. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Imagine a church service where David Blaine or Penn and Teller or David Copperfield walk in or some psychic walks in to our church and they experience church and they go, so can I buy this and put it on the strip? Can I bottle this up and put it down there? Because this will make me a lot of money. Peter rebukes him and says, may your money perish with you. You cannot buy the Holy Spirit. This is sacred. This is holy. This ain't a game, bro. We don't do this for profit. We do this to help people. Amen. And I'll just preach a little bit right here. We don't do City Light Church to make a profit off of you. We're not doing this because we're after anybody's money. We want you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit because it will change your life. Amen. Now, what happened when they laid hands on people that made Simon go, can I buy this? They were probably crying. They were probably laughing. They were probably cheering. They were probably clapping. They were probably speaking in tongues. They were probably prophesying. Every time someone receives the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, they speak in tongues except in Acts 8. But I'll submit to you, they did speak in tongues. Why? Because Simon was like, can I buy this? There was obviously some kind of expression does that make sense? In other words, they didn't go, by faith, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, praise God. No, things were moving, y'all, and Simon's like, I need some of this, okay? Okay, Acts 19 now. I'm gonna just show you one more. Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Everyone say disciple. Okay, these are, these are people who are saved. They placed their faith in Christ he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And kind of like my friend at lunch, I didn't, even, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We, we haven't even heard so much that there's a Holy Spirit. Like, what is this? And Paul said, oh, dang, we got we to gotta do some work here. Uh, into what name were you baptized? And they said, well, we were baptized in John's baptism. In other words, these were religious Jews that were baptized under John the Baptist, had put their faith in Christ, but had not yet received 
water baptism. And it would kind of be like, well, yeah, I got sprinkled as a baby. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, like as a kid, I got baptized, but I didn't really know what it meant. That's kind of what they're going, we, we believe in Jesus, but we kind of had this experience. And, and so John, John goes, excuse me, Paul said, okay, John indeed baptized um, with a baptism of repentance, saying that the people should believe on him uh, who should come after him, that is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They go, okay, we need, to, we need to be baptized in Jesus' name or Father, Son, Holy Spirit, whatever you decide to do. And then Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. So I want you to catch this. They believed, but they needed now the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So what happens when I receive this baptism? Let me answer this. Number one, you receive power and boldness to be a witness. Amen. The, the Holy Spirit is not to make churches crazier. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is to empower the church to change the world. Amen, amen. So if our church ain't growing, we need more of the Holy Spirit. If your church isn't growing and you think you have the Holy Spirit, you don't. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit should be empowering us. Power. This word power is a Greek word. It's dunamis. It means dynamite. It means explosive power. It means whoa. It means it's a supernatural burst of energy by the Holy Spirit. It's Romans 8 that says the same Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. It's First John, the anointing that's within you that teaches you all things. It's the supernatural unction of God. Um, we need this. Do, do you, if, if you feel like you're lacking power, I promise you, you're lacking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you're lacking boldness, you are lacking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need power to be a witness. You need power. If you get in church and you're so inspired and within three minutes of driving off the parking lot, the devil's already got you, you need power. Amen. Okay, so you'll receive power to be a witness. That's Acts chapter one, four through eight. Here's number two. You will experience God's presence physically. You can feel God. You can feel God. You can feel the presence of the Lord. By the way, when you hear God, feel God, sense God, what you're feeling, hearing, sensing is the Holy Spirit. The Father is on the throne. Jesus at his right hand. The Holy Spirit is on earth moving. When you feel the presence of the Lord, you're feeling the Holy Spirit. When you hear the voice of the Lord, you're hearing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not third in importance. It's not the Father, then the Son, then God Jr., the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. He is God in the earth. Jesus said, Jesus said, y'all, I'm going to earth. I mean, excuse me, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. What Jesus was to 12 disciples, the Holy Spirit is to 2.2 billion Christians. Amen. He's awesome. And now let me say this, because I start talking about the Holy Spirit, and a lot of you go, you know what, Jabin, I really like this church. I really like the singing. I really like the preaching. I really like the humor. My kids love it. I like the production. I really like just, but man, you start talking about the Holy Spirit. I just, let me tell you why you love the music. 
Let me tell you why you love the preaching. <laughs> Let me tell you why your kids love church. Let me tell you why you love this church. Because this church is a church that believes in the power, the person, the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is a church that is baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's what you love about it. Don't be nervous. Don't let phrases like Pentecost or charismatic or stuff that you've seen on YouTube or Christian TV, forget all that. All we're saying is, if it happened in the book of Acts, it can still happen today. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that the ministry of Jesus is still alive and well today. That's all, that's all we're saying. Don't let some weird bad experience turn you off to this. Okay, you will experience the presence of God. Ephesians 5, man, I gotta move. Ephesians 5, 18, don't be drunk with wine. That's gonna ruin your life. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. The apostle Paul compares the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with drinking. Yo. Because when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it affects you. Hey, you have a little too much to drink, you get real bold. You have a little too much to drink, you'll start picking fights with people that are gonna knock you out. I'll tell you. You have a little too much to drink and you'll start trying to pick up on girls that are way out of your league. Hey, girl, you want to dance, baby? You want some of this? That's the wine talking. That's the beer talking, bro. Because alcohol affects you. The apostle Paul says, when the spirit of God comes upon you, it affects you. It's going to make you bold. It's going to make you pick a fight with the devil. It's going to make you be a witness. It's going to make you do things that you would never do. Some of y'all, you get into this service, you go, why am I lifting my hands? This is great. Why am I giving? Ah! You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. It starts leading you to do things you would have never done. Till the Spirit of God comes upon you. Wow. Amen. Uh, to, to continue on this point, Acts chapter 2, when the, when the church was birthed and the Spirit of God came upon the disciples in the upper room, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and the people around them went, they're drunk. Were they crying? Were they wobbling? Were they, were they on their face? I don't know. But at nine in the morning, people went, these jokers are drunk. And Peter said this, Acts chapter two, he said, hey guys, they're not drunk, watch me, as you suppose. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days, I would pour out my spirit on all flesh. We're back to, this needs the Holy Spirit. This thing needs the Holy Spirit. My heart needs, the, I need the spirit of God to come upon my flesh to help me. Okay. Again, Acts chapter eight, Simon tried to buy the Holy Spirit. Why? Because, it, because they were experiencing the presence of God physically. Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching, and as he's preaching, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell on the people. Again, they were experiencing it, and they all began to speak in tongues and prophesy. I'll give you one more. Acts chapter 6, they need to raise up deacons in the church, and, and the apostles decide, we need men who are filled with the Holy Spirit. How could they judge? I'll tell you how they could judge. They looked at a leader like Chris Lee and went, do you pray in tongues? And Chris went, yep. And he was, okay, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. They had evidence. that it, The deacons didn't go, I think so. 
it's crystal clear what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Number three, you will experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including speaking in tongues. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, you will speak in new tongues. Okay, Jesus said that. Acts chapter two, verse four, and the Spirit of God came upon them. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse four, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Let me tell you what happens when you pray in tongues. You build yourself up. It makes you stronger in the spirit. That's why we don't do it necessarily in corporate church services because this is something between you and God that builds you up. He goes on to say, but if you prophesy, it edifies the church. I wish you would all speak in tongues. Okay, if that doesn't do it for you, I've got nothing. The Apostle Paul, can I get churchy? The Apostle Paul. The, the, <laughs> Zach, that was funny. The, the man of God that saw Jesus in his glorified body, the Apostle Paul, who is radically safe, filled with the Spirit. The Apostle Paul, who wrote 28% of your New Testament, says, I hope that every church would speak in tongues. I even hope more you'd prophesy. Paul says, I want the gifts of the Spirit flowing. All right, continue now. Verse 14. Let's continue to verse 14. First uh, Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. If I pray in my under, uh, but my understanding is unfruitful. This is amazing. They've now done research. Scientists have done research on the frontal lobe of your brain where language is uh, constructed. And when people pray in the Spirit, that part of your brain is completely unused. Because it's not just your head. Your spirit is praying to God. So what's the conclusion? Verse 15. I will pray with my spirit. Notice this, it's a choice. I will pray with my understanding. See, a lot of people think that praying in tongues is something that the spirit of God just comes upon you and it just, just out of control. No. It's a choice. I will pray. We, we've told people in our church who we, you know, we love everybody, but we'll have people come in. They just break out in tongues crazy during service. It seems to always happen at the 6 p.m. And so, um, and so we'll kind of, hey, God bless you, brother. You know, we kind of give them the tap. You know, we love you, brother. But, you know, because all the unbelievers are going. And they go, oh, man, I just can't control when the Holy Spirit comes. No, yeah, you can. You will pray in the Spirit. You will pray in your understanding. That, that thing is called Pentecostal tradition. Oh man, just the Holy Ghost came upon me. No, that's tradition. I pray in my spirit. This is awesome because it means even when I don't feel it, I can just, boom, activate the gift. Okay? I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding. It's a choice. In the same way that you sang, do it again. I see you move. That was a choice. In the same way, you can choose to sing in the Spirit, sing in, pray in the Spirit. So it releases the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm done. So here's, so here's what I wanna, here's what I wanna tell you. Thank you, Nadia. Nadia, you killed it. Thank you. 
Team, come on up. Here, here's, what I want to, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about just one manifestation or it's not just about speaking in tongues. It's not just about prophecy. It's not just about feeling God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is you saying, Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit to be the leader. Yeah, does that make sense? Like, I don't want to do this without you. God spoke through a prophet named Zechariah in your Old Testament, and God said it like this. He said, it's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's not by your muscle. It's not by your willpower. It's not by, I think I can, I think I can. It's not by gifting. It's not by talent. He said, it's by my spirit. The life God has for you. I say this all the time. God will not give you a life where he is unnecessary. God will not give you a life where the baptism of the Holy Spirit is unnecessary. Where you literally have to look at your life and go, I can't do this without the Holy Spirit. This church has been birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit. This church is a church that prays in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it will change your life. So here's what I want to tell you to do. I just want you to ask the Lord. Every day this week as you're praying, Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I need more of you. When we pray that prayer, by the way, God, I need more of you. It's not that we get more of God. It's that God gets more of us. <laughs> and we surrender. And the Spirit of God leads you. He speaks to you. He guides you. He empowers you. He gives you witty inventions and ideas and creativity. It's awesome. And it's by the Holy Spirit. Paul prayed for one church. I forgot to write it in my notes, but he said, I'm praying that you would have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's supernatural. So tonight, um, I want you to come back if you would like to receive that. If you say, Javen, I'd love to speak in tongues. I'd love to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We're going to offer that tonight. If you can't come back tonight, don't trip. It's going to happen this week sometime in your car, in your shower, in your bedroom. It's going to happen. I promise you it's going to happen. Now listen, you don't get, get in a room and like turn on the Beatles and go baptize me. No, that's weird. You put on some worship music. You don't put on Lil Wayne like, all right, Lord. No, you put on some worship music and you surrender to the Lord. In the same way, uh, last Sunday, Chris was baptizing a guy last Sunday night and the guy gets in the water, he looks at Chris, he goes, I can't swim. In other words, I'm trusting you, dog. Chris goes, okay. When I'm, when I'm baptized with the Holy Spirit, I'm going, I, I trust you, Lord. I'm going to yield. I'm yielding to you, Holy Spirit. I, tr I can't swim. It's a little new for me. Jesus says, trust me, I got you. And you receive power from heaven. Changes your life. Changes your life. So tonight we're going to offer that ministry and we're going to be doing it more throughout 2020. Never going to make a show or spectacle of it or of you. Our services will always be focused on people receiving the Lord. But man, we want to make sure that we're creating opportunities for you to encounter the Lord Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Holy Spirit, we yield to you now. We ask Jesus to 
fill us, change us, empower us by the Holy Spirit. We yield to you.